Oh, it's Colin Lively in New York City. Very jealous that my cohort, Dorothy Bishop, is down <laughs> in my other favorite city, Houston, Texas. Yeehaw! <laughs> Dorothy, I bet it just got hotter down there when you arrived last night. What it, are you the doing? temperature went up 10 degrees, baby. Honey, it always does. <laughs> Remember, you had an earthquake. Where were you when you arrived? I was, I was in the South American earthquake when I arrived. It was an earthquake. Seriously. Tremors so, and heat waves everywhere yep. she goes. Yep. Well, I understand you're going to be in the, what is it, the Gay Pride uh, Festival's down there? I am doing two shows down here for Gay Pride at uh, the Guava Lamp Lounge. And um, you can, if you're in Houston, uh, just just Google in www.guavalamphouston.com. And um, I'm just showing my age because my friend told me it's not cool to say www anymore. So I'm sorry I was uncool. But, oh, uh, I, don't anyway. what, I don't even know what <laughs> www means. You know, Dorothy, I used to live in, in uh, Houston. I was like the cat's meow down there. They even put me on the cover of Houston Monthly Magazine because I was the hairdresser to some of those women. And i got to tell you, some of the most beautiful and uh, just magnificent, beautifully dressed women live in Houston. Um, there was Lynn Wyatt, who funded the Urban Cowboy, and she took all of her friends over to Monaco, where she has... Uh, a house high above the ocean, and uh, everybody was dressed like that. Oh, Dorothy, I know. I'm doing my best, <laughs> darling. Just be patient. Keep going. Well, Taking to the diner on Ninth Avenue is not quite the same. It's just not the same. Even though I, I ordered Monaco special, but it just didn't feel like. <laughs> I got your report back from the Charm School I'm sending you, and they said you're getting better, but that you're going to have to repeat some of the first classes. Dorothy, I don't know if you heard about this, but Gaga beat you and me to the punch. She did. What did she do? She did. You know, (laughs) you and I were planning to do, go up to Yankee Stadium, get a little swilled, and take off some of our duds. You know, she beat (laughs) us to the punch. I told you I wanted to wait until my stomach was a little flatter because I wouldn't expose the whole Yankee Stadium to to this for all the money in the world. They think I washed in from the oil spill. I think people are probably more relieved to see Lady Gaga than it would have been me and you in our our bikinis. I don't think it would have had the same effect. See, we would be in jail. (laughs) As opposed to Gaga. Again. We'd be in jail again. Again. <laughs> I think they've got the Dorothy Bishop, Colin Lively suite there. But, um, you know, Dorothy, I was just thinking about, you know, looking young. I was listening to that little intro. I love that song, Keep Young and Beautiful. I always think of us when I hear that song. Yeah. But, you know, I moved to New York City exactly 20 years ago and the very first day that literally the very very first day i lived here i went to a seminar at the fashion institute and there i met a whole bunch of people that were at the fashion institute helping new graduates get ready to go out into the world like like to look good and get that job and i heard something that night that i had never ever thought of or i had never ever heard of and they were talking about wearing the right colors to make you look bright and and the right fit and the right hair and the right makeup and it it seemed almost scientific to me at the time and 
I was absolutely mesmerized by the speaker that I was listening to who, as time went on, became one of my absolute closest friends. She was a trailblazer in this image business that wherever we are, whatever we see, there's image, image, image involved. And after staying in touch and becoming very, very good friends over these years, I found out she not only is the top image consultant, she's a top theatrical producer. She's half of a, of a songwriting team called Horowitz Inspector. She has taught me so much about being spiritual, about eating the right things, doing facial exercises to keep my face tight and all of that. And guess what, Dorothy? What? <laughs> she's going to be here today. And Yay. she's going to tell you some of the secrets that I've already been in on. And we're going to let our listeners eavesdrop on it. So what do you think of that, Miss Dorothy? Well, I'm I'm very excited to have Bobby on the show, and I um I have not read her her book yet, but I did uh, read a synopsis of it, and I am so getting that book, and um, it's called Healthy, Wealthy, and Wow, right? Am I saying it right? Healthy, Wealthy, and Wow. You are. That's the name of my company. <laughs> Hi. Oh, he- okay. Oh, I just jumped out of a cab and got here. Okay. Well, let's Hi, introduce. Bobby. Her. Hi, Hi, Bobby. Hi, Colin. Hi, Dorothy. We're so excited to have you here, and um, I, there's so many questions I know we all have for you, but I just want to say welcome, and I also just want to tell our listeners, because they can't see you, how beautiful you look, and I, I won't say how old you are, but you're beautiful oh, for any hey. age, and oh, you're just stunning, you. and you just stand out in the crowd. I mean, you look like a star. I always, I see you every Sunday, and you just kind of oh. pop out of that crowd, and um, you have to let us know all your secrets, because, oh, uh, thank you. you just oh, I'm blown away. This is wonderful. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, I mean it. I mean it. Well, I do. So, I tell everybody how old I am. I actually use it. So how, so how old are you? Uh, to be honest, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I turned 70. Happy birthday. And I love it. <laughs> and this and woman reason, is yes. so full of energy and beauty. You just... You have to see her, but you can oh. see her on, on online. Thank okay. you so, so much. I'm really so blown me, away. Let me just ask you, because one of the things that really stuck out in my head um, as far as questions, you said that the minute you walk in a room, you make an impact, and that certain colors make or certain looks make certain impacts. Can you just tell us a little bit? Can you expound yeah. upon that? Yeah. I mean, I started, I was always, I always loved fashion. I always loved clothes. My dad was a fashionista type. But I got to tell you, I didn't know this stuff. And it changed my life. And it is like a science. It's not rocket science, but, and it's learnable. The advertising agencies all know how to package products. Right. All the good ones so that you buy them. And we can know that too. It's not a secret. There are colors and styles that harmonize with each individual. It's not like there are good colors or bad colors. It's each person, to me, is a work of art. And since studying this, I've realized there is no one. We say they're handicaps, but they don't have to be handicaps for people. Every work of art is fabulous. A Picasso abstract may not be what we used to call like a Monet, soft and lovely, but it gets more money than the Monet right now, and it's beautiful. So everyone is beautiful. 
and what I found is that the, what I learned is that color is light vibration, and different vibrations complement the vibrations of your color. Everyone gets all the colors. Let's start. I mean, everyone gets some reds, some greens, some blues. You know, of all of right. them. Right. It's just which shade of those colors. Right. And everybody okay. has a, a shape, a style. And I learned, okay. I learned that style and fashion aren't the same thing. That right. fashion happens every year because they got to sell new clothes. Right. So they'll change. But you're born with a style. It's like a certain rose is that rose. A rose is a rose is a rose. Yes. So now, you do you that? do you break it down really scientifically into different? You know how usually they'll be like there are four different body types, or there are four different seasons, or are you more about that use, specific person? Yeah, I do. Well, people can be combinations of things too, because everyone's unique. And I do use the that seasonal concept because nature works that way, and yeah. I found it works. I can give an example, if I may. Yes. When I used to act, I thought I had a good luck audition outfit. Right. And I found later it wasn't good luck. Right. <laughs> and I, I mean, I wore it to the first job I got, my first equity job in regional theater. And I went to the auditions wearing my good luck outfit. They tell you wear the same thing when you go back the second time. And I, I actually had the job. And I came back the third time. I figured you can't wear the same thing all the time. You bore them. So I wore something else. And they suddenly, they had to make the decision. I wow. did get the job. But it was, it was so strange. I mean, same person giving same readings. And I realized now that that was a lovely, it was a Diane von Furstenberg dress. The shape was fine. But the colors didn't bring me out. They now, you are, just so, our, just so our listeners know, you are a beautiful, vibrant redhead and uh, alabaster skin, and you're very tall and slender. And what would you say one of your best colors is? Just get an well, idea. My, like, my alabaster. Mm-hmm. Well, I was done, quote, colors done, when they used to do colors. I had them done wrong the first time. Because the woman who was doing it didn't put drapes across your face to show the differences. She went by my personality and my style. And I'm kind of a dramatic person. So she picked those dramatic colors. And my life went, I can't believe this. It went from being in theater to producing events at discos about four months after I changed those colors. Someone wow. must have found me. I looked like I be- It was a harder-edged life. I mean, I'm not saying the discos were bad, but it certainly right. wasn't my place. I did well. I mean, it was fun. I never took drugs, thank God. <laughs> but I was given them. <laughs> I was given them every night. I had a little pow- white powder and little, you know, plastic bags put in my hand by the doorman every night. You know, we were we're from the South, Dorothy Amigo. Were you giving them or were you giving them? No, no, they gave them to me. 
Oh, see, Dorothy, we thought she was given. Uh, <laughs> she was a dealer. She became a dealer. That's what happens if you wear the wrong colors, girls. <laughs> so I was in the what we call the quote winter colors. Because think of a winter right. day. Yep. It's very contrasty. There's the white oh, snow, God, maybe a red block. And I happen to love those colors, and I love them on the right people. Perhaps you, Dorothy, actually. I'm yeah, thinking, I, I don't know. I'd have to do it, but they're probably. And they're gorgeous. They just gave me a harder edge. The gray lines came out under my eyes, around my mouth. And I was in my early 40s then. Mm. So I that, was 40 that, years old. So that's proof that the wrong color can can add years to us and the right colors can wipe the years away absolutely but absolutely i mean you've got to be healthy inside and the colors make a difference yeah exactly but right now we're going to have to take a little break and when we come back dorothy and bobby and i are going to be talking more about how you can look young through any number of things and especially the colors we'll be right back back again and I've got my beautiful co-host who's visiting us from Houston, Texas and we have our very, very special guest today, Bobby Horowitz who's teaching us many things about looking young, starting off with the colors and any if there's an expert on looking young Bobby Horowitz is it and she's got the pictures to prove it so Bobby, where were we? We were talking about you had this interview suit on that was making you look Older. Yeah, well, yeah. I, and, it, that's and not me. It was wrong for it, it, me. When you walk into a room, in the I learned this. There was a study done quite a few years ago with many, many, many people, and they found out that when you first see a person, fifty-five percent of your first impression, and you don't know this is happening. It's all subliminal. Fifty-five percent of that is how they look and how they move. Second of that is, no, first is how they look, color style. Second is how they sound and how they move. And that's 38%. And that leaves only 7% for what they say. And when I was auditioning on the producer side of the table and the casting director was sitting next to me, it proved it to me because I could see when someone walked in looking very clearly who they were. He held his pen in a certain way. He kind of sat forward a little bit. You knew he was ready to take notes. Whether the person was right for the show or not, he got that person. And he wanted the person to be good. Yeah. It's like looking at a painting in the wrong frame. If you took that Picasso, Guernica, if anybody knows what that painting is, it's a very black and white abstract kind of cubist thing. It's wonderful, but I mean, you know, very cubist. And if you put that in a Renaissance, ornate, curvy gold frame, you'd still see the painting, but you'd have to look for it for a minute. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't just fly out at you as it would in, say, a very plain chrome square frame. You'd get it in a second. So if each one of us is a work of art, we don't want... 
to be in a frame that has that that causes people not to see us because in this in today's world we're going to be immediately dismissed and overlooked so exactly to be in the right frame whether that be you know the right colors the right fit the right hair the right makeup right. all of that but as importantly in looking young and looking great looking you know vibrant i i i don't even like to use the word young so much as being vibrant vibrant right that that also comes from what is inside of us the spirit inside shining through the outside and if we've got the right frame then we've got the job and it's all there and that spirit that's inside how you talk to yourself how you love your when you come to love who you are visually as well as every other way you walk through down the street differently, and that's a young look. And I could give you other things about, you know, eating and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I don't have any rules. Each person designs their own path. Because mm. each person is a unique, wonderful being. And living is, can be very, very joyful. And when things that happen that don't seem joyful, well, that's a lesson, and we can move on in another direction mm. and learn from them. Wouldn't it be yeah. wonderful? It took me till my mid-60s to figure this one out, let me tell you. Well, I well it's, you know, when you put on an outfit that you feel good in, and you know you, you look good, and you know you rock, it's like your whole day goes differently <laughs> when you're yeah. wearing yeah, something that you don't you feel. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm Absolutely. amazed just at the reactions from other people. And, I mean, I just bought this dress just off the rack, little cheapo dress, and it's really vibrant colors, and it's beautiful, and it's long, and it swings, and I love it. And every time I wear it, I get a completely different reaction than when I'm just, you know, in my sweatpants and, mm. you know. Yeah, no, sweatpants new. may be fine on a very, very natural type of girl with, with very... <laughs> that uh, ain't Dorothy. Sticky, That's not, you know, Dorothy. red hair and a lot of freckles and um, looks like, you know, that, that we call it natural and it's usually an autumnal look. Yes. Mm. Very natural. I don't have that. <laughs> she don't have that. But you know what's interesting? But you know what we do have? We have a very special lady that's been waiting to say something to Bobby. I have no idea who this special lady is, and she won't give her name, but she says she's you're someone that will know her. Special lady, are you there? Yes. I would like to say that I am so excited to be here with Bobby oh, Carol, thank you. Bishop and Colin Lively. <laughs> All at the very same time. <laughs> and it's interesting, uh, Colin, you just said something about vibrancy. Uh, you know, it's vibrations. It's vibrations that you put out to the world. And uh, Miss Bobby Horowitz is always putting out the most positive vibrations. Uh, she may talk about colors and everything, and she always looks so gorgeous. But I have to tell you, it's what comes from her heart. And her heart has the biggest vibration. It's bigger. Uh, you know, a few days ago, they thought that they felt an earthquake here in New York. It was Bobby's heart beating. It's the most incredible <laughs> thing. I'm staying on this show forever. I'm never leaving. <laughs> It's true, and Bobby, I mean, uh, I, I took one of her workshops, and I learned so much from her, and uh, Dorothy Bishop there, I have to tell you, one of the sexiest, most beautiful women in show business, oh, and red is your color, I mean, uh, vibrant color, when she walks into a room, she could be naked, and you still see, uh, the, uh, well, she looks great in a red dress. <laughs> 
depending on the, 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 room, the, room, the room she's going to walk into tonight, the gay bar in Houston, if she walks in naked, she's going to clear the room. No, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. When, uh, when Dorothy Bishop walks into a gay bar, and trust me, she has been in more gay bars uh, than most of the people that have been through Far Island. But I have to tell you, it's true. Uh, when she walks into a gay bar, every man in the room, they stop in their tracks because they want to be her. <laughs> That's right. Or they pick up a drag it's queen, true. one of the two. <laughs> she blends Absolutely. in. Who is that drag queen? I've I never understood her. men in drag. It does, I don't get it. I truly don't. Well, it is, it is something <laughs> difficult. It is, but, but Carol. Well, Richard Skipper's been impersonating me for years, and I think the reason he took me up is because he didn't know Bobby when he started. <laughs> well, I think he has your coloring, though, Carol. Oh yeah. Well, you know when I, when does. I first met Richard, I told him uh, to wear vibrant colors because that was who and what I'm all about. Uh, Mary Martin, if you may remember her, she always wore pastel colors uh, yes. because she was a softer palette than I am. Yes. Yes. Did you know this, Bobby? It looks to me like you're a softer palette, but I'd have to do the draping. Or, or a yes. bright, no, a bright one, a bright light spring I, palette yeah, is I what like I get. Draped, I truly do. Right, a bright light spring is what I think, but I'm not sure until I actually put the drapes around your neck, and then you see the difference. I don't mean around your neck like that. I mean, <laughs> well, at this age, I wish they would neck, talk I'll feel about like Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> well, now Carol, I usually wear for as Carol, uh, and I might add, this is Richard Skipper, who is one of the number one impersonators of Miss Carol Channing, very talented man. And you can one of the ones, one, one. And, and if I and if I can put this in, may I put this in? Yep, what makes it so great is the image that he puts in, and this is again image and vibration, is more. It's not an impersonation. It's more. He gets the heart of the person and expresses yeah. it Thank out, you. rather than and imitating Richard, her. I believe you have a show coming up. Yes. <gasps> I, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> this is Bobby's show, though. That's Go, okay. Richard. I love Bobby, you. Not about hey, me. Hey, I'm plugging my show. Go right ahead. Okay, well, then in that case, uh, <laughs> July 27th, I am going to be appearing at the Broadway Emporium in New York, which is a brand new theater. Uh, you'll love this, Dorothy. It used to be the Show Palace, which was a, a gay porn you're palace. Kidding. But Wait, now it has Robin been Bird renovated is? into. I'm sorry? Where Robin Bird was? I don't know if Robin Bird was there, although she's been many places that I've never been. Uh, Robin Bird, uh, well, the Broadway Emporium is um, a wonderful new theater on 43rd and Broadway. And if uh, I can be so bold to tell everyone to go to richardskipper.com. I learned early tonight not to say www. See, I was listening. So (laughs) richardskipper.com. And I have to tell everyone, speaking of, you know, grabbing the heart, I never knew that Sarah Palin had a heart until I saw Dorothy Bishop betray her. It was a borrowed heart. <laughs> That's right, but Dorothy, uh, talk about, uh, Dorothy is brilliant. I mean, Dorothy is, uh, you know, uh, God, I love all three of you. Dorothy is an incredible entertainer, and that's what it's about. Um, Colin, you know yes, the difference you. between an entertainer and a performer. A performer 
gets up there on the stage, and I mean, a seal is a performer. It knows what it needs to do to get those fish. Yes. But an entertainer is giving to the audience. Bobby, I mean, although, I mean, this is not about entertainment. It is entertainment. Bobby knows how to set the stage for what is going to work for you. And I cannot tell you, I am so excited for this book to come out. And I took, as I said, this is not lip service. I took the workshop. And I, I mean, Bobby can tell you where my life went from taking her workshop to where I am a year later. Yep, and it's more than about just looks because everything in life really comes from the same... It's all the same, even though it all seems different. So when you get the hang of, of getting your usefulness and your fitness and, and your looks in order, somehow you start learning how to get your work life in order and your love life in order. You know, it all mm. goes together. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I agree. Absolutely. Well, and Richard. he now is a double Mac Award winner uh, for the most incredible weekly variety show in New York, Wednesday Night at the Iguana. Oh, that's right. We have to plug Wednesday Night at the Iguana. And, and that didn't um, exist last year? No, and it's uh, start, uh, extremely uh, that's right. successful. And that's, uh, you all are every Wednesday night. It's on 54th Street between 8th and Broadway. Uh, And I have to tell you that there is a pall over New York City this weekend. It's Gay Pride Weekend, and Dorothy Bishop is in Houston. How (laughs) dare you? I'm I'm telling you. I'm telling you. How dare you? I had an invitation to to perform at the the Leather Street Fair. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of I got one of those invitations once, and it wasn't the same thing. Well, let, listen, kids, wait a minute, everybody, we're going to have to take a break because if we don't get the word out there, they're going to cut us off. And Richard, thank you for Richard's, calling. Carol, I uh, love you all. I'm having such a blast too. listening to this show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Bye. So we take a break now? Bye, Richard. Okay. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back with God. This all of a sudden turned into nightclub central, but it's okay. <laughs> all right. Very young. We'll but see think you. About it. We're, all, we're all kind of old for nightclubs, so we're staying young and beautiful. <laughs> Got it. But right now, we're going to have to take a break. We're going to take a break. This is Michelle. Well, this show is just racing by. I'm telling you, we've had so much fun already with Bobby talking to us about our colors and our body shapes. We've talked about Dorothy down entertaining <laughs> the boys for Gay Pride. We've had Richard Skipper, also known as, as Carol Channing. And we, I'm already exhausted, and we've still got a half an hour to go. Dorothy, you might have to take over because I can't take much more. But. Um, let, why don't we start into this segment with another caller? Who do we have online? Let's let's see. Let's see Dana from New York City. Dana, are you there? I'm there. Hi, Hi Dana. Dana. I am here. How are you? Oh, welcome to the show. Um, terrific. We're I looking at you. Apparently, Dorothy knows. Apparently, Dorothy knows how to address because the first time I ever saw her walk into the iguana, everybody turned around and freaked. She was so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I wanted to ask Bobby, how do I look much younger? (laughs) Okay. All right. How to look much younger. How to look actually the true star that you are. 
at your age. Well, I could you not know? show up. You, you that know, would be it. No. no, but you know the old, the old, uh, how David was was sculptured, how Michelangelo sculpted David. Everybody has heard this probably, but Michelangelo said that David was in the stone, and he just had to chip away all the stone that wasn't David. So to bring you out, one, it starts mm-hmm. with what you feed yourself. What's okay. the healthiest for you? What what kind of foods most help you? If you left a little I, I child, I think I eat all the wrong foods, and you eat all the right foods. If you left a tiny little, if you left a tiny for me, they may not be right for someone else. But if you left a tiny little kid in a very very abundant world and didn't teach them anything about it, they'd go and pick the stuff that's good for them eventually, and they'd be they'd be mm-hmm. eating, yeah. I think okay. we're taught a lot of stuff when we're very little, and that's in my book that's coming out, which is called Find Your Mini Cues, and you'll find out what that means in the book. Reveal the star you truly are at 50, 60, 70, and beyond. And these little mini cues, like Aristotle also said, we are what we do. We become what we do every day. But we can and we are what we eat. Anna. We can choose we that. Are, well, what we eat, what we do, mm-hmm. how we move. I got into this, Dana, because you knew me when I was probably about five or six years ago, when I was 63 pounds heavier, when my kid had to help yes, me I down did. subway steps because I had so much arthritic pain in my knees. And I mean, you know, it's not like perfection through life. I had to learn it the hard way. And I had to do something. I really did. So I was very lucky. Uh, to have had a very good how did you find guide how did you find the right how did you find the right foods for yourself all right the right foods i started out and it's a combination for me it's a combination um i was told to take a look at a book by a man named peter dadamo who's a doctor about blood types and diets and it sounded ridiculous oh, to me and so i started to read it type right i'm sorry excuse me eat right for your type that book for your type right yes okay go ahead and it sounded very crazy to me until i started to read it and then it made sense the history of how the blood types developed for certain things and like i have an a blood type and the usual i think is positive so i'm the usual is a positive now a blood types have a high acid we have to make sure we don't get too much acid in us Mm-hmm. See, the old blood types, when the world started, they were grabbing beef and grabbing animals, lions, and ripping them apart and eating them, and they're very acidic, and the body could handle that. That's what it was for. And then when the animals started disappearing and people started dying, uh, eventually a blood type came that could handle the grains and the fruits and the vegetables and the chickens, things that are more, you know, close, because people weren't nomadic yet. Can I ask you, is this all in your book? If this is in his book, Eat for Your Type. No, will it be in your book also? I recommend to read that, and I do talk about some of this in my book. In my book, I talk about first getting who you are. In terms of food, find out what your blood type is. Find out what your history has been with certain foods. Find out what you may have been taught as a little child to eat. I mean, you probably were more like me in a Jewish household in New York. It was, you know, come on, your grandma made that. 
crepe loaf. You got to eat it, darling. I never liked grandma's food. It was, I really never liked it. It was supposed to be very good, but very heavy. I couldn't very eat it. Very heavy. No, that's heavy, what we were supposed heavy. to eat. Right. And we, well, I for know, me, but it was, unfortunately, I, I was I sick from it. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like so it I now. Kind of, I didn't like it then. I was kind of a heavy child. I was. I was. In fact, there's a verse about me in a song I wrote, but we use a boy's name about a little kid. They call their weight out loud in class, and they used to do that to us. I don't think I was uh. as bad as I thought I was. But mm-hmm. we felt heavy. So. That's part of it, is finding which foods really serve you. And you know something, Dana? I promise you, if you, it won't seem like it for the first couple of months, but if you kind of make a little, I call it mini quota, the least amount you have to do each day to get the job done, if you find the ones that work for you, I bet in time, because I don't even crave the other ones now. I used to go and eat I crave everything fattening. <laughs> That's now. Give yourself a month or two. Yeah. Give yourself a month or two. It does transform. Because you were taught to crave that, and then your body got used to it. And, Bobby, oh, I love okay. I had no idea that you had lost 60-something pounds. I lost 43 pounds, yeah. Mm. 43 pounds. Wow. And kept it off. Wow. And you know what's, what's interesting, Donna, is that, well, you lost some weight, too, for a while there. I remember. You were feeling good and great. Oh, me? Yeah. Yes, I was no carbs, and I lost weight. You would maybe I... no carbs. Yeah, for me, carbs are good. See, so you have to find out what your particular. I would go to... No, but that worked. It just that I, I craved carbs, so I went back to eating again. But <laughs> well, you're slender, Dana. I don't think of you oh, as... Oh, I love you. Right. I, no, I knew I there was something I loved about you. No, you're a very <laughs> glamorous lady. Oh, you are. I'm not, you're not Thank fat you. by any means, but if you want to just, you know, get so that you don't have the pains and stuff. And also, yes, by the way, there are foods that help for, arthri- for arthritis. I used to have bumps on my fingers, like my mother did. I mean, I had real, you know, it wasn't... What the, a turn the, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it's not the arthritis yeah. you die from, but it's the kind that's oh, okay. <laughs> uncomfortable. And I uh, just avoided what they call the nightshade. Which are, uh, the, the nightshades are mushrooms, tomatoes, eggplant, yeah. Mushrooms, tomatoes. certain ones, uh, peppers, yeah. I think, chickpeas. No problem, I don't it. even eat those, yeah. But you know what's potatoes funny is, um, I don't, I don't like night, I, I'm an O negative blood type, and not to get off on this, <clears throat> this other book, but I just want to say there is some truth to right. it, in my opinion, because yeah. I instinctively do not like nightshades, and I'm not supposed to eat them when I read that book. And I instinctively don't. What are you really not like supposed to eat? Oh, oh, I'm glad nightshades. you read it. Good. I'm not supposed to eat mushrooms what? or uh, eggplant. I don't like eggplant. It makes me nauseous. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Oh. And, I, and I love berries, and that's one of the foods that right. I'm supposed to eat a lot of. Right. And I've always been drawn yeah. to them. Right. But Dorothy, it must be hard for you on a cruise, isn't it? When you do well, cruises. When I work, uh, when I work on cruises, I you know there's voice. See, I don't, I'm lazy. I don't like to chop fresh fruit. I don't like to chop vegetables. It's all just sitting out there on the ships. So if I, you know, I can choose to eat really, really well, actually. I eat better on ships. No, I know. They have a lot of food on a cruise. Yeah. Yeah. Can I give you a little free tip from the book? And it happened through one of my seminars that I was giving. And you'll know the person. I won't mention him, but he probably wouldn't mind. He's a wonderful director in cabaret. And he's also a technology consultant for corporations. 
and trainer. Mm-hmm. And I told a story, and he picked up on it and has been using it, and I've incorporated that ever since, and it's in the book, which will be out next month. It's at the editor's as we speak. Yeah. He picked up on it, and I said I was once in a jury, and the foreman was brilliant. And the foreman, it, we had a thing. It was somebody was taking stuff from the counters of Bloomingdale's, from behind the counters, and they had videos showing them doing it. I mean, we didn't hate the person, but we knew he wasn't going to get electrocuted for this. It just he shouldn't be taking the stuff, and he was. So we went in, and the foreman said, before we talk about this, and we will, how many people just offhand think he's probably guilty? And all the hands went up. And then he said, all right, let's talk about this. Why may he not have been guilty? And we da-da-da-da. And 10 minutes later, we're in the courtroom. The judge was so thrilled with us. He said, you're the first jury that just did it and did it in the right way. And I said, now what do I do with food? I walk in, if I'm on a buffet or if I'm at a friend's house, you know, where you have to be nice, I look at all the food that's there. And I, instead of saying I can't have this, because I don't want it to be negative, I want it all to be positive and fun. So you look at it and you say to that food, hmm, guilty. I think you're guilty. Mm. <laughs> Why don't you help me? No, you could, nah, nah, guilty. So it's my choice. Rather than saying, I can't have you, you're guilty. I don't want to be around you. Well, he came back and said he was on a business trip, and he's going down the, the whole they had this way out of food for everybody. And he's going, mm, guilty, mm, guilty, mm, not guilty. I'm guilty, guilty. And the other people are saying, what are you doing? And he got everyone laughing. And when people laugh, they're more likely... To not resent doing it. If you can laugh at something, yeah. it becomes less of a chore, less of a, you know, routine. Well, I laugh at everything. <laughs> everything laughs at you too, Dana. <laughs> Which is so wonderful. Dana lights up a room. I mean, I will say that from here. Just lights up a room. Dana, I always oh, think thank you, you. Like, I think you look like Joan Collins. Thank you. Like Joan Collins. What a nice thing to say. Yeah, yeah, especially when she well, was wrestling around on the floor with, with, with <laughs> that that blonde. <laughs> what dynasty? Well, that's I a can't... famous scene where where she's rolling around, she's having a cat fight with that blonde, whatever that blonde's name was. Carol. It, it, oh, let's not go there. It's a <laughs> okay. Guilty. Okay. Guilty. I'm talking to this child. Uh, not guilty. <laughs> If, if you want to know what I'm doing, I'm not talking to this chocolate eclair. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's food. Anyway, I love the show. Thank you for calling in, Dana. It was a pleasure having you right. on the show. Right. Speak to you soon. Okay. Hope you're see a joy, you all Dana. soon. You're just a joy. I <laughs> love Bye. Yeah, what, what is she talking about? I mean... We know Dana. She's one of the great entertainers in New York City. Yes. She doesn't have an ounce of fat on her bones, and she looks well, like the breath she of She knows how to dress to, um, to, cam to camouflage whatever is there. I mean, she's hardly what you would call, you know, fat. <laughs> Not fat, but, you know, she knows how to dress. Yeah. Well, and you know what I, I know about, <clears throat> about you and Dana? Uh, you know, we're all sort of like people of a certain age. And one thing I know about Dana is whatever her calendar age is, she is divine. I mean, she really understands how 
clothing, attitude, the makeup, the hairstyle creates a very vibrant, youthful appearance. And, you know, one of the things I notice of being a hairdresser for many, many years is that people can look old when they get locked into a style because... Unless it's their own style. Unless it's their own style that doesn't, that doesn't have a, 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 an expiration date on it. But right. there, there are people, and we could think of many of them, that if they just changed the style, changed their hair, you know, getting, I, we call it in the, in the beauty business, we call it the, the cheerleader syndrome. When these women, and, and I suppose it happens with men too, get trapped in what they thought was their best look or their best era, and they stay there, and that adds years to a person. And, you know, this is a big thing. Thank you, Colin. Thank you for saying that, because this is a big thing in my book, the whole chapter of, and I'm writing a whole other book on this for preteens, by the way, called You're Looking at a Winner. And this is about when you live in a certain era, and the fashion that's popular when you're about 11, 12, 13, 14, and then even in high school, when that fashion matches you, you mm-hmm. kind of feel good through life. And when it doesn't, mm-hmm. most of the kids feel a little, little off. I did a, an arts and education program in, a, in New York. We call them I-75 schools. They're for troubled students. And in this school, a lot of the boys were coming in these homeboy outfits mm-hmm. at the time, you know, with the pants falling down the line. About one or two of them were bouncing into the room. And the rest of them are kind of, they're kind of sidling into the room, you know, looking everybody over. And they truly looked uncomfortable. So one day I said, and these are young people. So I'm talking about looking young. They, it wasn't looking old or young. They just looked out of place. Mm-hmm. And they looked unhappy, mm-hmm. and that, that can make you look older too. When when you're trying to be something you're not, mm. yeah, that makes yep. you older. Yep. And I, I would say to them, I said they thought I was going to yell at them for wearing those clothes, like we were, you know, we couldn't listen to jungle music because rock and roll mm. came out when I was young. Mm. They thought I was going to yell at them, and I said, look, that's a tough look to carry off. You got to be a bouncy, sprightly kind of what we call a spring kind of style with round eyes and round and bouncy to get away with that kind of funny outfit. So if you're not, let's borrow elements of it. So you get the picture that the frame that fits your picture, but you can hang on that wall if you have to. I, t- I totally get that. You know, when I, I was in college in the 80s and the style was um, preppy. And so I'm short-waisted and I'm full-busted and it was all cut across and I never looked good in it. And I would try and it always made me look 10 pounds heavier than I was. And I look at pictures of myself and never felt really comfortable because I'm more of a dramatic type. But listen, Bobby. And if it was the 1890s, you would have been magnificent. I know, right? Um, In your mind. You were magnificent anyway, but I'm talking about in your head. Yes. Exactly. We have to take a break, but we're going to come right back. This is just such a great show. And I, when we come back, I really want to talk about uh, facial exercises because your great. face is beautiful. And I know you haven't had surgery and everything's lifted and gorgeous. And I want to hear about that. So um, we'll be right back with the Colin Lively Show, Zeus Radio ne- Network. Please stay tuned.
Oh, hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Colin Lively Show. I'm Dorothy Bishop, your co-host, and we're here with our fabulous guest, Bobby Horowitz. And um, we have a caller on the line, uh, and that is Kay. Kay, are you here? I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Hi, Kay. Yes. Welcome. Hi. Hey, Hey, everybody. Bobby, it is such an honor to hear you. You are so wonderful, and I'm enjoying the show so much. And, uh, Bobby, I was wondering, can you, uh, so many of us uh, don't have the finances to have a facelift or are just afraid to go under the knife, can you right. give us any tips for keeping our faces looking young and good without having surgery? Yeah, well, I tell you, mine was, I had a lot under my neck there, you know, whatever they call it. I really did, and my jowls were <laughs> looking like my aunt, <laughs> you know, getting down there, and... I got a video, and I'm feeling very guilty because I passed the video on to someone else after I wrote down what all the exercises were, and I don't remember the name of the person that made it, so a lot of them come from that video. Others just come from things I heard or me working. They're all in my book laid out, and I'm going to have a video on my website of doing them. They're really simple. It's using your fingers and maybe uh, tissue in each one, you know, so it doesn't slide around. It's things uh, like going, like if you take your uh, middle and forefinger on each hand and push your eyebrows, say, up as hard as you can, and at the same time, use the muscles to press down against it. So, you know, you're pushing up and pressing down. You do that every day, and I got to tell you, you for a count of you do it ten, then you stop. You do it ten, like so: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Stop. One, two, three, four, five. You do three tens, and then a five, and within a couple of months, you, you will see a difference. Wow! I can't believe my forehead actually got mm. raised, and my I always had a, I still have a lowish forehead. I mean, that's part of my inheritance, my look. But I really had deep lines. I will admit, I did have a couple of silicone, I think was what they knew about, about 18 years ago. Things put in the lines in my forehead, but that was 18 years ago. And that's not supposed to last forever. And they're better now than they were then. And above my lip, that was a biggie. Because I know my mother's mouth was like my mouth. And we got these lines over our mouth. And one of them is if you take your middle finger on each hand and go to the sides of your mouth and pull them apart as hard as you can and at the same time try to press into the center with your muscles. Mm-hmm. It's like muscles right going against the pull. That's what each of these things is. And you do those for the same 10, 10, 10, 5 count. You know, you got to give it a while. I kind of, you know, I don't think about it anymore. I do it before I even leave my bedroom in the morning. I'm not even in the kitchen yet, and I've done these. Yeah. Because I just, because I call them my mini-cues. All right, I'll tell you what it means. I, I, I came <laughs> upon that term when I was walking <laughs> one day, and I started to laugh. So I figured if I'm laughing, I can do it. Because <laughs> I have to have things funny. And... Um, Q is the word quota, which also can have a bad connotation. I try to avoid routine 
plan, system, quota, because we're geared to not want to do those. And But then when I put mini in front of it, like what's the least amount of this I have to do each day? Like for walking for me, it's walking at least a mile and a half, 30 blocks. Very easy in the city, easy in Manhattan. It's not as easy in the suburbs, but in my book I give ways you can do it. But then these exercises were like that. And if I just do these once a day, they don't take long. They really don't. And it it's also difference. something you could you could kind of get doing it while you're sitting at your computer. Or, you know, totally. With the hands, I do exactly. I watch the weather in the morning. I watch the weather forecast while I do my mouth. Yeah. And with the eyes, I can be. Um, I don't know, just seeing what I need to do next in the house. You know, as I'm walking around. I work from home, so I have to lay everything out here, and I fit it into the day. For me, these are great to do in the morning because I don't have makeup on yet. For other people, or for men, whenever it fits into your lifestyle yeah, to do this, it doesn't take more than. The, the whole thing probably takes 10 minutes, and then I also have some isometrics that I do to keep the stomach in and the bosom up and the arms tighter. Yeah, yeah. And they're the same type of thing. It's not very difficult. It really isn't. Well, you're building it muscle, like correct? It. Exactly. You're, you're building muscle under the skin, which which can do the same thing that building muscle does everywhere. It gives a, a more defined line and a, and a more exactly. youthful look. Exactly. And when you're eating the foods at the same time, the foods that build muscle for you, What's mm-hmm. your best foods and avoiding the ones that give you indigestion and, you know, don't do muscle. I found I stayed the same weight now for five years, but I've had my pants taken in twice. Mm. Oh, weight wow. hasn't changed. Wow. You redistribute. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm teaching what I needed to learn. I needed to yeah. learn because I was yeah. in trouble. Yeah. I really was, and I'm so thrilled if I can share this with other people. If I can make well, other people feel as good as I do, and I had cancer five years ago too, just oh, row wow. it. And oh, and wow. and even with that, you didn't take the traditional treatment for cancer because one of the things that that you've really impressed on me through the years has been the importance of nutrition, and that is one of the things that you used to conquer the cancer. Well, I did. Well, I did have surgery. I will say that I did. It was a simple kind of thing, and thank God mine was simple, and you could get it out. And it's in the East River, and bye bye. <laughs> but but then they always tell you. Then this is when you're for older and being younger. Question doctors. Yeah. They mean yeah. well, but you can get another opinion. Because the pharmacy companies, and I'm not saying all medications are terrible. I don't mean to say that. But the pharmacy companies take these doctors out for lunch. They got, I mean, they know how to market their stuff. And doctors are just beginning to hear that nutraceuticals might be as effective mm. as pharmaceuticals. Right. And, you know, keep a person healthy before they get sick. Right. You know, yeah. so they don't. And you mm-hmm. still might get something. I mean, you know, hey, we're not going to... Everybody's body is going to go sometime, but you don't have to be old until you do. 
We're yeah. not going to live forever. And speaking of that, this show isn't going to go forever, <laughs> and we're coming near to the end of it. Uh, I, could, I could, Bobby, I could just talk to you until the cows come home. Now, you may not know what that means, but Dorothy being from the <laughs> South and I certainly know what that means. That you know, we used to really say that time. in Brooklyn. I wonder why. I didn't see a cow in Brooklyn. I never, <laughs> I never saw a cow come home in I've my whole life. I've never seen a cow in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some apples. would say that. Yeah. No yeah, I knew that was coming. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> my father Bobby, would say that. You've got to promise that you'll come back. When your book comes out, Will you please, please, please join us again uh, on a Friday afternoon and talk to us even more? I, there's so much information that you have uh, that I'm, I'm just blown away by it all. I never thought of the right colors for looking younger, but I can see now where they really do work. Oh, totally. You could look like you had a night's rest. And, and, and we prove it. I mean, you sit in the class. It's good to... It, I charge more if you do it individually, but frankly, I think in a class you learn from the other people. That's, yeah. that's the truth. And you see the difference. A person can look like they had a night's rest. A person can look flushed in the wrong colors. We had a guy on one of the things, and he suddenly looked as though he had a fever when we put certain mm-hmm. colors under his face. And totally mustard yellow for me. <laughs> well, that will, on, that will on, get right because you're very on cool. that mustard yellow note. <laughs> we're going to have to say goodbye, Dorothy. Goodbye, I hope everyone. you have Thank wonderful you, goodbye. I, could, I love you all. We love you, Thank Bobby. You. I do. And Dorothy, say hello to Lynn Wyatt and Carolyn Farb and all those other gorgeous Texas girls. I You've been listening to the Colin Lively Show with. Dorothy Bishop, my co-host, and a fabulous guest today, Ms. Bobby Horowitz. Oh, thank you. And thank you, Dan. And thank you, Richard, for calling in. (laughs)